This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruch We continue in the Shurman Sefer Bereshis. The Shurman Bereshis is sponsored by Dr. Zakheim, Umashpachtal, Ilo Nishmas, Rav Shom Eliezer, Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Ilo Nishmas, Rivka, Bas Tuvia Halevi. Tonight's Shur is sponsored by my dear friend Eli Sizma in honor of his brother's upcoming Chasana, Shabi B'Shatavu Maslachas. Okay, so a few very important announcements. You ready? A lot of announcements tonight. First of all, tonight we're finishing in Mishnah Yomis, we're finishing Seder Zeroim, finishing Bikurim, and we're beginning Mesech the Shabbos. So if anybody wants to be part of our group, we, uh, we learn two Mishnahs a day, and you'll finish Moyed in one year. So you could sign up to our WhatsApp group, go to rabbidg.com, join the Mishnah Yomis, it's sponsored Leila Nishmas, El, um, Mr. Jean, and Elise Mesh. Next, we have a new program. It's called Torah Illuminated. If you want to get every week a video illuminated with the Maramakoimais and graphics, you could sign up for that. You could get that every week. Go to our site. You sign up to the group, and uh, you get this year. Some new upcoming svarim. First of all, if anybody wants to be Mishtatev, we're working on the Haggadah Shal Pesach in English for Art Scroll. And the next Sefer in Lashon HaKodesh, hopefully Be'ez Hashem Sefer on Shemois is being published. Oh, it's a good thing you'll know the information. It's being published uh, in Eretz Yisrael this week. And Be'ez Hashem, it should be here soon. The next Sefer is really out of the box. We're not, it's not on the Torah, not on the Moyadim. Ready for this? This is at a left field. The next sefer is on Chinuch Habanim in Lashon Hakodesh. So, uh, if anybody wants to be mishtatef in that, please let us know. Now we're uh, Bezos Hashem. The next trip after Eretz Yisrael is Morocco, and if you go to Morocco, it's important that you know the mystical symbolism of camels. So that's the topic for today's shir: camels. But actually. In some Svarim, Parshas Chayisara is called Parshas Hagamalim, the Parsha of Camels, which is interesting because nowhere else in the whole Chumash is the main character. I mean, who's the main character in this week's Parsha? Um, Eliezer. Most people would say Eliezer. Some people would say Besuel. Some people would say. Yitzchak. Some people would say Yitzchak. No, nope, it's the camel. The camels. I mean. Every Pasuk, the camels, he took ten camels, he muzzled the camels, he opened up the muzzle, he gave them to drink. I mean, the camels occupy, it literally says camels many, many times. And it's interesting. You know, when, when Avram Avinu went to war against the four kings, how did he get there? It doesn't say he went in a tank, it doesn't say he went on a bus, it doesn't say he went on a donkey. We don't know how he got it. It's irrelevant, his mode of transportation. And here, the emphasis is, Eliezer took ten camels, and he and before, by the, the, the Torah says, before he even davened, he made the camels kneel down to rest, and then he davened. I mean, every Pasuk, we have to like the logistics of the camels. The camels take up the main space of the parish. Now, I'm saying, Eliezer, before he even davened to Hashem, it says, Bayavri and then he davened. I mean... Why are the camels so important in this week's parsha? Gemalim. 
That is uh, the observation of the Shem Yishmol. The Shem Yishmol says, Vayikach ha'ever asara gemalim, v'chein kama pa'amim nizgar beparsha gemalim. Many times gemalim is mentioned in the Pasuk. Ubevadai ein bemikra. It is certainly not coincidental. If it was a coincidental, then the Torah would not have mentioned it. By the way, does the Torah even say the word gemalim b'chalal until Parshas Chayisar? Does gomol appear? Okay, so somebody showed me, Rav Nassim Waldo showed me, in, in Lech Lecha, it says gemalim. But it's like an afterthought. It says, Avram Avinu had tzayin, u'bakar, va'avadim, u'shvachais, va'asoinois, u'gemalim. So they're an after, the last thing. They go after the female donkey. Not only, you know, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just by the way, you think that <laughs> you think about the order, you know, cows, sheep, male servants, cows, sheep, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and batting seventh. I mean, that's like the worst spot in the lineup. The, the is are the camels. What? Yeah, I mean, we say achron achron chaviv. Okay, so Rechaim HaKadosh says something interesting. Why ten camels? Why did Eliezer need ten camels? The point being, he was emphasizing how wealthy Avram Avinu was. He was so wealthy that I could take ten camels from his fleet and it didn't make a dent in his fleet. Fleet. Ten camels from Avram is like one camel. That's the emphasis on the ten camels. But the Cheskuni has a different take on it. We learned in the Ian Sugya recently. What do you do if you live in a city and there's no minion, are you allowed to get married? You have to know, Kala b'loi bracha asura kenida. A kala without shavar brachos is asur. To make shavar brachos, you need a minion. But if there, what if you live in uh, Wyoming? So you're not allowed to get married? You need a minion to get married? So some say maybe you need a minion. Others say, well, you could still make asher bara without a minion. So the Chizkuni says, we needed ten camels because we have to transport ten guys to make a minion for the Berchas Erisin and the Berchas Nesuin. Fine. By the way, I'm going to throw out a question irrelevant to anything now, just on the parsha. This question is such a good question. You never thought about this question before. This is like the biggest, this is the biggest question on Barashas. Okay? Great question. I have an answer. I'm, gonna, I'm whipping it out on Friday, but I just want to make you think about this question. So, so you're in negotiations for a shidduch, okay? So you send your trustworthy Evid, and he's sitting on one side of the table, and he's representing the boy. On the other side of the table is the father of the girl, Basuel Lavan. Now, Lavan gives something to eat to Eliezer. Chazal say it was full of poison. Yeah? The Malach comes and moves the poison from Eliezer to Besuel. Besuel drinks the poison. A few psukim later it says, Ah, oh, Lavan and Rivka's mother respond to Eliezer. And Rashi says, And where's Besuel? He died. he died. Now just imagine the scene. They're negotiating the Shidduch, right? They're negotiating the Shidduch. You have Eliezer over here. You have Lavan and Besuel. He says, Hey, where did Besuel? And what happens? They go to the girl... The girl, they ask, you want, to, you want to get married? She says, yeah. And the next morning, she's off. And it, but, but what just happened here? In the middle of the conversation, 
What has happened? The father keels over. So what, they, they called the, the housekeeper, they swept him and they put him in the closet. I mean, stop! Why does the Torah say? You know, they cried in the middle of the Shidduch. They cried. They brought in a Masbid. They said, Avelos. They wrote a... I mean, they, they weeped. Uh, ha, the story just continues. Like, oh, where, where's the father? Oh, he just, he just happened to kill over in the middle of the, middle of the negotiations. He, he, he died. But like, Kilo, nothing happened. What in the world is going on over here? Like the story continues, like nobody nobody bats an eyelash. Azriel, you you lay in the parsha, no? You never really. You just like you read the parsha, all of a sudden the guy drops dead, and everything continues. Why do they want to kill? Why you, yeah, just continue the next part. But he, I, why? But he he died. The father died, and the story continues like like a butterfly flew through the window, one end uh, going out the one one side out. Yeah, why do you want to kill him? Because they don't want to give away the rifka. Whatever the reason was, how could it be the father died and negotiations continue, continue like nothing happened? No funeral, no levaya, nothing. Okay. Furthermore, uh, another significance of the ten camels, the Chidah brings down from the Chaymas Anach. He says that Eliezer took kol tuv adoyna biyadoy. He says that the ten camels correspond to the ten nesioinos of Avram Avinu. That Eliezer came bolstered with the ten tests of Avram to like support his chus to uh, ensure the success of his mission. Chida is bothered though that he said it's very difficult to say that Avram Avinu would have told Eliezer, look Eliezer, I want you to tell them, I want, I, I want to give you my ten tests because I want you to be supported by my great zechus. It's not Avram Avinu's style to, to be drawing attention to his merit and that he should be flashing his merit. It's very unusual. The Chida says probably Eliezer did it on his own. Eliezer realized that he needed to be successful. So Eliezer on his own brought the... Ten camels representing the ten tests. Not that Avram Avinu was calling attention to it, but Eliezer was trying to invoke it. And he even says, it could be the meaning of the ten tests was, Avram Avinu had a tradition, he would only have ten tests. A hard time marrying off his kids was not one of the ten tests. The point being, Rebunisham, you tested me ten times, but marrying off my kids was not going to be one of the tests. So this this got to go easy in my life. That was the message of the ten tests. So let's talk about the camels. You know a camel, it has, you know, like this, like pointed mouth, then one hump, two hump. We have two subjects in Parshas Chayisara. We have the story of Avraham and Ephraim, and we have the story of the Shidduch of Rivka and Eliezer. Why are these two stories juxtaposed? Why is burying someone who's dead juxtaposed to marriage? Don't answer. Right? Why, why, is, why is burying the dead juxtaposed to Shidduchim? So the Kliyakar says like this. You want to know what somebody's all about? How do you know what somebody's all about? How do you know what somebody's personality is all about? Everybody's nice. You go to Simcha, oh, Mazel Tov, so nice to be here. You, know, you should have only Bracha and Simcha. You think you know what the guy is, what the guy's about? There's only one way to know what somebody's about. Money, money, and money. When it comes to money. 
He's the nicest guy in the world until he's going to lose 15 cents. If, what happens to him when he loses a dollar and 13 cents? If he becomes a behemagasa, chayara, so you know what he's all about. If he's able to slide with that, so you know he's a good guy. Adam nikar be kisai. A person is recognized through his pocket. Therefore, we're going to contrast two individuals. One guy's name is Ephraim. Ephraim comes in with this very uh, generous offer, magnanimous offer. He says, between friends like me and you, I'll give you prime real estate, I don't charge you. Amravinu says, no, I want to pay. Ephraim says, really? You want to pay? So I want to rip you off. That's the story of Avram and Ephraim. I want big, fat coins that work. I want bitcoins. I want a currency. Uh, not bitcoins. Right? <laughs> I don't want bitcoins. <laughs> so Ephraim represents Ayin Ra, Ra Ayin. On the other hand, Eliezer says, you know how I'm going to know what this girl is all about? If I say to her, I would like a drink, and she says, oh, he would like a drink? Where am I going to get him the cheapest, dirtiest water possible? When, but the girl says, not only am I going to give you the drink, I'm going to give you extra, so it's going to come out of her pocket. If she's a sport with her money, that shows she has ayin toiva. Kliyakar says, you know, Chazal saying Gemara Tainus, a very interesting Gemara, a woman that has beautiful eyes, she's good to go. She's beautiful through and through. So Kliyakar says, what are you talking about? There are many women who are ugly like the witch, and they have nice eyes. There are, many, there are women that are mamish like mud and they have nice eyes. And then you have women who have ugly eyes but they're beautiful. So what Chazal are saying, the, old, the only barometer of the, the beauty of a woman is her eyes. And why are Chazal even giving, me, giving us such superficial, a superficial barometer as to the quality of the woman? Says the Kliyakar. When Chazal say a woman who has beautiful eyes, she's good through and through, it means she has a generous spirit. If she has a good eye, if she's generous, then she has midos taivais. So Eliezer's barometer was, if I ask her for a drink and she says, you know what, I'll give the camels also, she must have midos taivais. Now, very interesting. But why did Eliezer say she'll give the camels to drink? Why not Eliezer say, I want a drink, if she gives me and my men, that's a sign that she's generous. So Kliyakar says Eliezer was using a psychological tool. Somebody who loves something will love anything that is not connected to that thing that the word is similar in sound to that thing. There's a famous story with Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. Reb Chaim would say, that in the Shir, if the Rebbe would say, Oh, Reb Chaim had a gewalt gechidosh, referring to Reb Chaim Salavechik, he used to feel good. Even though the Rebbe wasn't talking about him, he was talking about someone who he never met. But if he said, Reb Chaim, my name is Chaim. So in my imagination, I could think, I could trick myself. He's talking about me, even though I know he's not talking about me. But that's the way the human mind works. Somebody who loves Gemilos Chasodim, loves camels. Because Gamal sounds like Gemilos Chasadim. If you love Gemilos Chasadim, you love camels. 
So when Rivka said, I'll give you the drink and I'll also give, and that means like in her mind's eye, she sees flashing green all the time, gemilas chesed, and when she sees camels, it reminds her of chesed, and when Rivka said, I will feed the camels, it was a demonstration of her love for gemilas chesed. Gamal is the bestowal of it. it, it it's, it's similar in sound to Gamilas Chasadim. What was Gamal? What was what, what is it about a camel? So the, the Kliyakar says, nothing that we know about the camel, but he does write in Parsha Shemini, it could be, um, he says, Ulai Tivoy Ligmal Chasad could be camels are nice to each other. And I have no evidence to contrary to that. That I think camels in the desert, they you know, they they happen to be very cordial and courteous to each other. They're very nice to each other. He said, "That's what the Kliyakar says." Ulai teva hagamal ligmal chesed zelazeh. He says we have no evidence, but he says similar to what the Gemara says in Chulin about the chasida. It does chasidus to its. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, by the way, Chazal say about the Chasida that it bathes in the river, goes to the mikvah. It's Chasid. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he quotes a Gemara that that after after they procreate, they go to the mikvah. So they're chassid, they're chassid, they're righteous. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about more about the camel. Because actually, the camel appears very early on in the Chumash. In Parshas Bereshis. Say, what? I know the whole Parshas Bereshis. It doesn't say Gamal once. There's, there is a mysterious Gamal in Parshas Bereshis. Where is he? Where's the camel? Who is he? Joe Cool? Who's the camel? Ishkayach, a lot of a lot of animals on the table, <laughs> but you know, where's the camel in Parshas Bereshis? Chazal say the camel represents Bavel. In Parshas Shmini, the camel represents Bavel. Now, what do we know about the camel? Does the camel chew its cud? Yes. Yeah. Is that a simon of Tumah or Tara? Tara. But it doesn't have split hooves, so therefore it's not kosher. Chazal or mashma, that the fact that it chews its cud makes it more tame. The fact that it has a simon of tara makes it more tame. Why? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. You want to sin, sin, but don't do it in religious garb. We always talk about this. You're going to be a sinner, and nobody likes it, but... <laughs> You're going to be a sinner? But don't, don't be like a, a hip, hypocritical mix-up. The, the Tumah of the Gamal, part of the Tumah is that it chews its cut. Why does that make it worse? So the Kliyakar says it could be that the Gamal symbolized Bavel because Bavel on the outside they were very nice to the Jewish tzaddikim. They drew Mordechai close. They elevated Daniel. But all of that was to advance their own purposes. So there's an idea that 
the good quality of the gamal actually makes it even more vicious than an animal that has no kosher simanim. And that's what we're going to explore a little bit more. If you take a look at the Shem Shmuel in Chayi in this week's parsha, Shem Shmuel also points out that the Medrash compares the Gamal to Bavel. Who remembers? Why was Babylon called Bavel? Because everything got mixed up. Kisham Balal It's the big melting pot. Who's the king of Bavel? Anybody know what did Nebuchadnezzar eat for lunch every day? The Zayar says camels. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> he ate basar b'chalav. What's the pshat? Basar b'chalav is the the epitome of mixture. Camels are the epitome of mixture. You know why? Because they go from my domain into your domain and they eat your food. Because everything is mixed. My money and your money, it's all melting pot. So Avram Avinu needs to put an end to the gamal. So what does he do? He muzzles the gamal. Why? Because he needs to rescue someone who's lost in a big mixture. Rivka is a great Sadeikas, but she's lost in Lavan, in Besuel. She's Toivera. She's like the Chet of the Eitz Hadas. What happened by the Eitz Hadas? Before the Eitz Hadas, Adam was naturally good, and then there was a force of evil pulling him away. But good and evil were two separate entities. Good was good, evil was evil. Evil tried to influence Adam who was naturally good, but then the Nachash came and injected Chava with poison, and now good and evil, it's all mixed up. Nowadays we live in a world, people don't know if they're coming or going, if what they're doing is a mitzvah or an avera. Everything, this is a world of iruv toivara. So in order to rescue Rivka from the mixture of good and bad, we need a camel who's muzzled. Because the camel represents the ultimate mixture, and we muzzle him so he doesn't steal, and he could extricate Rivka. In fact, Bereshus Rabbah says the reason why Rivka went to meet Yitzchak on a camel is to represent that from Rivka are going to come a great mixture, Yaakov and Esav. <coughs> so the camel is the ultimate mixture of good and bad. Right? Before the sin of Adam Arishain, Adam was naturally inclined to good. There was a Nachash who tried to persuade him for, to bad. But it's not like the world we live in where where the only way to advance any cause which is a benefit to the Jewish people is through some politician. You can't even bear to hear anything that they say. It's a very confusing world today. Do you remember when Yaakov met Esav? And Yaakov sends a message to Esav. Hey Esav, vayihili, shor, vachamor, eved, shivchav, donkeys, sheep, servants, Yaakov forgot to mention one thing. He didn't say, and I have camels. I mean, that, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight because of that. Do you, you remember that? I have oxen, donkeys, sheep, servants, maidservants. What about camels? Yaakov was telling Esav, no, 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 Esav, I'm not like you. In my world, there's a force of good, and there's a force of bad, and they're split. They're distinct. They're not mixed up. 
I have I, I don't have camels. My father Avraham already expelled Yitzchak. Excuse me, already expelled Yishmael. My father Yitzchak already expelled you, Esav. In my world, Toiv and Ra are split. I don't have Gamal. Gamal is the epitome of admixture, of mixing up good and evil. I don't have that. I'm done with that. You, Esav! Who is Esav compared to? Chazer. The epitome of mixture. He sticks out his front two legs. Ke'ilu, he's kasher. But that's the ultimate hypocrisy because he doesn't chew his cud. So how do you reconcile the Gamal from Gamilas Chasadim? Yeah, the, the Gamal, he's a very complex creature. <laughs> On the one hand, his name sounds like Chesed, and he represents Bavel, who outwardly performed Chesed to Klal Yisrael. And on the other hand, he represents Bavel because he has this dichotomy that he doesn't choose, he chooses his cud, but he doesn't have split hooves. Okay, you ready for this? This is the revelation of the year. God creates Adam. And the heavenly angels, they're looking down and they're saying, this Adam, he's so holy, we can never prevail against him. We've got to bring him down. So the, the chief angel of evil, his name is Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. We don't like to say his name, okay? Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. That's the angel of Esau, the angel of Tumah. He got together with the other angels who have six wings. The Samach Mem Aleph Lamed have twelve wings. And they decided they're going to bring Adam down. So they need to hire some hitman. They need to hire the mafia down here. The Samach Mem Aleph Lamed needs to join up with the most devious creature down here in this world, who's that? The Nachash. Now the thing is, the angel, angels can't get around that. Their, their, their uh, transportation modes are very limited. Says the Medrash, Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, said to the Nachash, do me a favor, I want you to be my uh, motorcycle. And the Samach Mem rode the Nachash like a camel. That's what the matter says. The Nachash looked like a camel. Right? So that's a good trivia question. Who did the, the original snake, what did he look like? He was Joe Cool. He was a snake originally had legs and arms. Right? Exactly. What does a snake with legs and arms look like? I have no clue. You've never seen one. So that's why you came tonight. Yeah, why not go on a donkey? Because the donkey is... I'll tell you why. We're going to explain. Let's explain. Because what did the Nachash do? The Nachash, he's not going to just say, I'm the force of evil, so I'm going to inject you with poison. He has to be an admixture. He has to make believe on the outside he's gemilos chasodim. He has to make believe outwardly. Uh, Chazal say that the, the angel of Esav appears like a Talmud Chacham. It's a very long coat and a very long beard. It's a medrash. He looks, Esav appears like a Talmud Chacham because that's the, the ultimate hypocrisy. So that, that itself is a, just a very powerful image. The Samach Mem chose to ride on the original snake to make Adam sin like Gamal. Now, who's the Tikkun of Chava? Hashem. 
says the Ariza on this week's parsha, Rivka is the Tikkun of Chava. And if Chava was tripped up by the Samach Mem Aleph Lamid riding on a Gamal, so how is Rivka going to come out to greet Yitzchak and in this union bring some kind of Tikkun to the sin of Adam Arishain? The Zarizal says in Likutei Torah in this week's parsha, Da ki Rivka rachva al hagamalim remez laoisoi nachash shechazal shayekein gamal. The nachash didn't just look like a camel; he was like a camel. And the Samachem rode on him to seduce Chava and to to impurify Chava. So now Rivka, the ticket of Chava, rides on the camel. Just like there's a force of evil called what Yasi? Chamar. And who's going to rectify it? Mashiach, who's Ani, Veroi Cheval Chamar. So just like there's a force of evil, we were talking about Chamar before, just like just like the Mashiach will be Chamar to overcome a Chamar, Rivka wrote a Gomel to overcome the original Gomel of the Nachash. So now we're learning, if, if the Nachash HaKadmoni that caused Eruv Toiv Bara, right, that is what the repercussion of the original sin was. Just think, I want, I want to paint a picture for you. There was a snake in the Garden of Eden. After Adam sinned, where did the snake go? Do you read about him in Vayera? That Avram was coming to feed the angels and the snake came. No, no, no appearance of the snake. In Chayisara, when Eliezer is trying to bring Rivka home, did the snake... When was the next time the snake appeared? Anybody know? What happened to the snake? The answer is when the snake made Chava eat from the Eitz Hadas, the snake entered Chava and is part of Chava's personality. Beforehand, there was an individual. Chava was purely good. There was a force called the snake that tried to persuade her to sin. After the sin of Eitz Hadas, good and bad are intertwined in our conscience. The snake's in us. That's why at Kabbalah's HaToyrah, when God gave us the Torah on Harsinai, so now we were going to live forever, and the Satan died, so now the Satan comes back to the scene and he's painting pictures in the heaven that Moshe Rabbeinu died, because now the Satan is removed from our personalities. It's no longer Eruv Toiv Bara. That's Reb Chaim Velazhener. Even though last time I said Reb Chaim Velazhener, I got in a little bit of trouble. What could I do, you know? Reb Chaim Velazhener says, the snake is now part of us. That's what the Yetzirah is us. That's why sometimes you hear, oh, I think I should go do that great mitzvah. Many times, very often, the satan will say, you know, don't do that. It's not a good thing to do. And you think it's the Yetzir Taiv, it's the Yetzir Hara. Sometimes people are involved in mitzvahs for a long time, and they get uh, a Ruach Shtos. Now, I, I can't be involved in that anymore. And they think it's the Yetzir Taiv talking. It's the Yetzir Hara talking. But the problem is, we don't even know who's talking. That's the camel. The camel is the ultimate Eruv Toiv Bara. Avraham muzzled the camel. Rivka rides on the camel to be Misaki in the sin of Adam Arishai. Let's move on to something else. Raise your hand if you dream about camels. Really? When? Oh, I never raised my hand. 
Says the Gemara, someone who dreams, sees a camel in a dream, it means death was decreed upon them and they were saved. Why? Because how do we know that? The Pasuk says, I'm going to go down with you to Egypt. Gamala. And I'm going to come up with you. Says Rashi, Gamala sounds like Gamal. Gamala. <laughs> By the way, the Shla Kodesh writes that someone who commits adultery will, is reincarnated as a camel. So if you go into the desert and you see a bunch of camels marching, they are reincarnates of adulterers. Why? Why? Says the Shla, one thing we're going to learn about camels in Vayishlach, they are, of all the animals, they're the most sanua betashmesh. So, it's a lesson to, you, that someone who committed adultery, we say, a camel's better than you, and they'll see firsthand that a camel's better than them. Now, there's an old joke. You know the old joke? That uh, the singer was walking, and all of a sudden, he felt the weight of 500 pounds fall on them, and he didn't know what to do, so he started to sing, yeah. Says the Shla, yeah. That's what David Amalek meant when he's saying, Ashira Lashem, I sing to God that he vindicated me from Bathsheba and I didn't have to turn into a camel. Says David Amalek, Ashira Lashem, I thank Hashem, Ki Gomal Olai, he took the camel away from me, I didn't have to turn into a camel. We just had in Ksubis. David HaMelech lives with Bathsheba. Why wasn't he Aser? Everybody knows. It's either his Ma'anasar or Kol Hayotz of the Mechanus Beis David get Kriya's Kaisa of Le'ishtai. So it's interesting. Because Chazal say that in certain places of the world they took nine-tenths of Arayos. Yeah? So it's interesting. Those are the places that have the most camels. It's like Hashem saying, get your act together, you know? I have to be very careful these days. Morocco. Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning the Gemilas Chasadim part, you know? Comes from Chaim Knievsky in Parakshira. What does the camel say? We know that all of creation sings to Hashem. What does the camel say? The camel says, God calls out from on high, from His holy abode, He gives forth His voice, He cries out over His temple. The, the camel, so to speak, says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu roars from His holy abode. Says Reb Chaim Knievsky, most animals, if they're hungry, they're going to wait in ambush. And they're going to pounce when nobody is, uh, when, when their prey least expects it. It's not like they're going to send a, a letter. It's not like the leper is going to mail a letter to, uh, you know, dear, dear rabbit, I'm a little bit hungry right now. 
if I see you get too close, I plan on eating you. I just wanted to let you know. Right? Usually, there are no, there are no notifications. They're waiting in, in hiding. And uh, the, when, the, when, the, when the prey least expects it, they pounce. But Hashem doesn't work that way. Hashem warns Kali Yisrael. Hashem says, look, I'm going to have to destroy the temple if you continue this behavior. I need you to ship, uh, you know, shape up. Yes, chesed in the extreme, ah, Rabbi Gadali Shorza is saying, chesed in the extreme leads to arayos, right? Actually, the Torah says, don't live with your sister. Chesed who? What do you mean chesed? Chesed, kindness without boundaries, is uh, arayos. So you want to say, the, the, the gamal is, is gemilus chasodim without confinement. There's only one animal that before he kicks the living daylights out of somebody it doesn't like, it, it gives a warning. Camel. Camel roars, basically get away, and then if you don't get away, then it strikes. So the camel has the midah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that it gives a sha'aga before it attacks its prey. So one last thought about the camels. This idea that the uh, main subject of this week's parsha is camels is picked up by none other than the Noyam Ali Melech in Parshas Vayeshev. And the Rebbe of Melech says, what's the pshat if somebody sees a camel in their dream? Death, now I would say, you know, you know why a camel represents death? Because the camel is which creature? It's the Nachash. It's the Nachash HaKadmoni, who brought death to the world. So you see the camel in the dream, realize that that there was a salvation from something rather dangerous. But the Naim Ali Melech says like this, why does the vision of a camel, be, why is it Merames to save salvation from death? He says, just like HaKadosh Baruch has a Merkava Kedosha, a holy chariot, there's a chariot for Tumah. The chariot for Tumah is the Gamal, like we know, the Nachash rides on the Gamal. What does the word goimel mean? To wean off. Right? When somebody stops nursing, they're gemule chalav, they're weaned off, to be removed. Gemilus chesed means to be removed from, to wean off of the tumah and the death of the merkava of tumah, of the gomel of the sitra achra. That means someone who sees a camel, that al yidei gemilus chasodim you're extricated from the Merkava HaTmeya. And therefore, Eliezer knew he needed to somehow overcome the Klippa of Canaan. He's going into the land of Lavan, Besuel, the land of mixture of good and evil. And in order to overcome and be Goimel, removed from the Merkava of Tumah, he needed to do that through the Mida of Gemilas Chasadim. So Marvara Boisai, today we learned a lot of interesting thing about the camels. First of all, the word gamal, says Kliyakar, is derived from gemilas chasadim. And the fact that Rivka wanted to serve the camels meant she had such an affinity toward chesed, she even loved something that sounds like chesed. Kliyakar says that the gamal represents admixture. Because it chews its cud, that means it represents hypocrisy. It has outward gemilas chasadim, but on the inside, it's only to advance its own purposes. The Shem Ishmuel brought an idea that 
The Gamal represents Bavel. Bavel's kingdom Buchanetzar ate Basar Vachalav, the ultimate mixture of good and evil. Avram wanted to muzzle the camel, to be mevarer, the toy from the Ra. And that was the only way to rescue Rivka from an element, from an environment of toy The Medrash says that the camels that Rivka rode on represented that toy would come from her. That's why Yaakov Inu told Esav, I have Shor, I have Chamor, but I don't have Gimalem. The Nachash HaKadmoni, the ultimate cause of mixture of good and evil, he rode on the Gamal. And Rivka was masaking that by also riding on the Gamal. The Gemara says if someone sees a camel in a dream, that means death was decreed from heaven. The Nerim Alimach explains through the mitzvah, the mid of Gemil's Chasadim, you are Goimel from the Klipa Tmea of the Gamal. The Shloss says, that someone who is nichshal in arayos is nigmal, is uh, is nizgalgal as a gamal. So those are a few things you could think about if you see a camel. If you recognize the gamal from you know from your block, then uh, that's not probably not a good thing. But uh, it's definitely everything in the Torah has significance, and the fact that the Torah emphasizes so often the mode of transportation of Eliezer and of Rivka means that this is a very significant theme. Wishing everybody bracha v'atzlacha v'kaltov. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.